0: Welcome aboard, it's Music Heads. I'm your host, Bill DeVille. In this installment, we'll have a chat with Jimena Sereniana, the artist from Mexico City who's recently released her first English language album. She'll talk about what she's been digging in the guest list. For The Essentials, Matt Perkins from The Current's marketing department will talk about one of his favorite Dave Brubeck albums. David Campbell and Mary Lucier are set to discuss the new Noel Gallagher album in the music meeting. And Melanie Walker is bringing in a new album by Black Box Revelation for the next big thing. And we'll also have a sneak peek of a new track from the Dayton Ohio Legends Guided by Voices. It's all on in this installment of Music Heads. But first, it's time for the music cast. Jill Riley is here with the news.
1: Thanks, Bill. Here's a look at the music news headlines for this week. Austin, Texas, based blues drummer, singer, and songwriter Doyle Bromhall died last week at the age of 62. Bromhall recorded a few albums of his own, most recently Is It News in 2007, though he's probably best known for his work with the Vaughn brothers, Stevie and Jimmy. Mm -hmm. He was largely involved in establishing Austin's reputation as a blues mecca.
0: He'll certainly be missed. I know he was a friend of people like uh, Eric Clapton, too.
1: All right. uh, Doyle Bromhall, rest in peace. Singer Robin Gibb, one of the two remaining Bee Gees, was diagnosed with liver cancer earlier in the year has reportedly been in and out of hospitals, canceling several performances and appearances due to intestinal problems. And last week, he was admitted to a hospital in England where he was treated for inflammation of the colon. His twin brother, Maurice, died at the age of 53 due to a twisted small intestine, a congenital condition for which Robin has already undergone surgery.
0: Yeah, I saw pictures of him in the newspaper the other day, and very thin, very gaunt and pale. Really sad news.
1: That is very sad. Last week, we saw the launch of Google Music, a service that allows um, customers access to their music library from any computer or Android device. Paired with the Music Beta site that launched six months ago, customers will be able to upload up to 20,000 songs, as well as whatever is purchased, to the cloud storage service. Additionally, Google Music allows independent artists to sell their music directly to customers through the site. Warner is the only major distributor not on board at this point. So a big mm-hmm. competition with iTunes. Yeah,
0: it sounds like it.
1: Monday marked the launch of a new Occupy Wall Street-affiliated website called Occupy Musicians, established as a resource to help organize musicians who support the movement Tom Morello, Lou Reed, Talib Kweli, Laurie Anderson, and uh, Ian McKay were among the first to register. The site will be responsible for coordinating performances at uh, the many protest sites around the country. It's
0: been interesting to see a lot of musicians have been showing up at these occupy sites and, and uh, performing, like Tom Morello, like Tom and many, Morello, and I
1: heard uh of Fitz in the Tantrums. Fitz and
0: the Tantrums did that too that's as right. well. Don't call me.
1: Congress is currently considering two pieces of legislation that could change the face of the Internet forever. The Stop Online Piracy Act and the Product Intellectual Property Act have come about in order to protect copyrights of artists and labels by prohibiting Internet users from posting music and videos. The bills would allow the government to simply block any attempt to post copyrighted material, thereby avoiding lawsuits over copyright infringement. Uh, the chance of these passing is actually pretty high. Uh, what with bipartisan support from Congress and the power of lobbyists. Yeah,
0: this internet thing's like the wild, wild west out there, Jill.
1: I know. We gotta rein it in. <laughs> I wonder what that'll do for YouTube and uh, and
0: such sites like that. And posting videos. Yeah, I'm curious. Sure. It probably will affect that for sure. Yeah,
1: we'll have to see how mm-hmm. that pans out. Uh, music on MTV. What are you saying? What a concept. (laughs) After more than 15 years off the air, Yo! MTV Raps will return for just one night on December 4th. Okay, so a little bit of music on MTV. Uh, Premiering after MTV2's Sucker Free Awards, the retrospective Yo! MTV Raps Classic Cuts will feature appearances by the show's hosts Fab Five Freddy, Ed Lover, and Dr. Dre. The other Dr. Dre. The other one, yep, yep. Uh, the episode will revisit iconic songs from the show's original runs, as well as feature guests like um, Questlove and Buster Rhymes and Q Tip and Young Jeezy, Common, all sorts of names. So, uh, Yo MTV Raps.
0: I'm so excited, but it's only a one time only video. Yeah, I know. I thought well, for sure the show was back. And maybe then,
1: it's a little yeah. bit of a test run. We'll see. You never know. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Music on MTV, it's, a, it's like nostalgic. Kind of, uh, kind of thinking, but it would be nice to see it, so check it out again, that is December 4th thanks so again
0: Joe for dropping by,
1: there you go there mm-hmm. are the music news headlines for the week
0: this is that
2: automatic I stay fresh like I'm wrapped in plastic Be go plastic, see galactic south side will we catalytic, charismatic, asiatic I hustle for mathematics cameras, action, taste, status actor, type of your favorite actress Gucci, rock it, Pop it movie
0: New in stores this week, the long-awaited, much-anticipated Kate Bush album is called 50 Words for Snow. Songbook, the new collection from Chris Cornell, is also a collection due from the Red-Headed Stranger called Remember Me Volume 1 from Willie Nelson. The Loom has a new album called Teeth. Doomtree's No Kings album is out, as is the Duke Spirit's Bruiser effort, and Muppets' movie soundtrack as well. Plus, the British band Snow Patrol has a new album called Fallen Empires. Here's a taste of the track called Out in the Dark.
2: Show me.
0: Time again for the next big thing. I want to welcome Melanie Walker. Hi, Mel.
3: Hey, how's it going, Bill?
0: Good. I guess this is our last hurrah on this It is t-shirt. our
3: last next big thing. I'm going to be tromping off to the Bay Area. So... You'll have to find somebody new to uh, foresee into the future what's going to be hot these days.
0: Well, you picked a good time to get out of Dodge. Winter's almost I, upon us.
3: I know. I'm not going to miss the snow, that's for sure, but I will miss the people. Was well, so.
0: that part of your master plan then, It is you're?
3: kind of my master plan. Get out of Dodge before January hits. <laughs> but we've still got some good music to talk about before I go. We've got a hot new band here, Bill, out of Belgium. Ah. Yeah, that we just had in. We had a black box revelation in, uh, known as BBR, mm-hmm. not PBR. BBR, BBR. <laughs> They're a garage rock band from Belgium, and right. they are hot, hot, hot right now, Bill.
0: They, they are. Uh, they, they've been coming around town quite a bit. Two, two appearances already and another one coming up in a few days.
3: Well, I think they're kind of like, you know, eyeballing the current because we're definitely a station that, you know, is a trendsetter, I will say, you know, mm-hmm. on a national scale for especially new alternative bands. So I think they saw our enthusiasm and have just, you know, gone with it and have been trying to do a quote-unquote semi-residency around here but there's something this year about or actually not this year maybe this decade about the duo you know we've got the kills have come out and made headlines we've got the Black Keys have come out and made headlines. We and had the
0: White Stripes. A the while White Stripes,
3: stripes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and now there's this band from Belgium, Black Box Revelation. It's two guys. It's Jan and Dries, and they started playing together when they were at the wee age of twelve and fourteen. Ah. Um, back school in the day, buddies. Yeah. grade school buddies. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure they were up to no good at that mm-hmm. age, mm-hmm. rocking out in their garages or wherever you practice in Belgium, <laughs> maybe <laughs> at the local brewery or something. Sure. But, um. It was during that period that they started jamming together and eventually came up with this band, Black Box Revelation, and they went ahead and uh, did this huge uh, contest that is kind of a big deal over in Belgium called Humo's Rock Rally. It doesn't necessarily carry a hefty yeah. sound to it when you say Humo's Rock Rally, but it, it's where a lot of the bigger Belgian bands go and play and debut. And they went and they didn't get number one, but they were second runner up at that festival well,
0: it's like american idol you're better off not winning the contest pretty much yeah, yeah. <laughs> i
3: guess the Hinky underworld was the name of the band that won <laughs> i wonder they wh- exactly where are they now they're not yeah. in the u.s that's for sure got it all wrong. A great press. The New York Times wrote, uh, I gotta quote this because it's just a really great quote from the New York Times. Every so often they strip the music down to something slow and bluesy, but the Black Box Revelation isn't purely retro. They are just as happy with a drum machine beat and a heap of overdub percussion as long as the music makes it happy and trashy and crashy. I mean, this band is really like gritty and raw and kind of reckless in their sound. It's just these two guys. Yeah. It's really amazing. But they kind of they have this kind of Beatles Meets the Kinks like British rock invasion sound with really great pop melodies and Retro uh,
0: keyboards is what I retro heard. Yeah. keyboards yeah.
3: And, and really haunting pounding blues mm-hmm. numbers. And a really they have this really thick like uh, ambience that uh, you know kind of has these driving beats and stuff, they're really a lot of fun. This band, yeah, there's
0: a hint of like shoe in their sound, too.
3: Yeah, they got a little mix of everything, yeah, mm-hmm. but um, it's part of this thing that, like we said, is going on. The duo is just like taking over. Two people can make just as much noise and make it sound even better than five people, and these guys are kind of you know carrying that tradition on. Who knows who the next big duo is yeah, gonna be? Yeah.
2: Dive floors and-
3: Their debut album called Set Your Head on Fire back in 2007. We didn't hear much about it, but it did well over in Europe. And um, they went ahead and uh, mixed that album actually with Greg Gordon, who's worked with people like Wolf Mother and Jet. Um, so they have like big people interested yeah, in them, yeah. you know, in the industry. But so they went ahead and released that album and then they had another one come out in 2010 called Silver Threats that did fairly well but they still haven't like reached that you know, um, main mass audience. But they recently came out with some new recordings this year, Bill, um, that they worked on with... Actually, a producer's worked with the Queens of the Stone Age. They went and recorded it in Hollywood. And uh, it's getting a lot of great reviews, like you saw. The New York Times is writing about them. NME's writing about them. The Rolling Stones writing about them. Everybody's hip to this hot new duo. Mm -hmm. And I'm, You know, I'm excited to see where it goes from here. I know here in the Twin Cities, there's already a big buzz building with yeah. our airplay and all the gigs that they've been playing here. So it's exciting.
0: Yeah, you know, what? my gauge, one of the gauges I, I know is that uh, when Mary Lucia walks out of an in-studio with this grin like a giddy little schoolgirl because she loved the band. There you go. That's, That's, the, ticket. For me. That's yes. the ticket. That's the ticket. Because
3: Mary Mary is definitely somebody who's a little pickier than some of us yes. around here at The Pink Current about interface. her music. Yeah. She was really just ecstatic when she yes. came out of that session. Yes. I think it was probably one of the best sessions that she did all year, she said to mm-hmm. me. So mm-hmm. if Mary likes it, I'm going to like it. You're probably going to love it as well. So let's go ahead. Why don't we close it out and check out a track? Yeah, Bill? Let's do it. So let's go ahead and listen to Black Box Revelation. This is a song we've been playing here called High on a Wire.
0: This is Music Heads Music News for Music Lovers. Time now for the guest list, where some of our favorite artists share with us some of the new music they've been listening to. This week joining me is Jimena Saranyana. Welcome to the show, Jimena. Thank you. Yeah, we tried this once before, but it didn't work very well. There was a lot of <laughs> noise. And you were you were in Los Angeles, I was here. Yeah. So we got you in person this time. I'm very excited that you could join us for the guest list. So what you been listening man. to lately?
4: Well, lately I've been listening to uh, well I just bought the new St. Vincent record. That's the first, that's the the last record that I've been listening to. Mm-hmm. I was never really a huge fan of her, but then I saw these all these crazy videos of her playing the guitar um, and of her like live performances. Oh, the, the YouTube performances. YouTube yeah. performances. Yeah. And she is just insane. She's Isn't it crazy so to watch? Good. Yeah. It's amazing. She's just amazing. And, uh, and I just bought her new record. Uh, I think it's called Strange Mercy. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. It's mm-hmm. such a beautiful record and it's so special. I love the beat. And I love the lyrics And I love everything So right now That's what's really Really playing in my iPod
0: What song in particular Anything off of the album Stick to Well
4: I love the single The single is called I think it's Cruel Oh okay Mm -hmm. It's beautiful Mm -hmm. It's like beautiful 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 Uh, Just the melodies And the guitar lines It's like a super Uh I think it, it it it's a pumper. It's a pumper upper. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> pumps me pumps me up when I listen to it and uh, and you know I'm always in the search for, for amazing uh, girls that that play instruments and that sing and you know I, I, I identify myself a lot with that kind of artist. So I love I, I loved um, it was a beautiful find for me. They could take or leave you, so they took you.
0: What else have you been listening to, Jemina?
4: Well, um, number two, I I've been listening a lot to this artist that I had the opportunity to see while, now while I was in New York. Um, I saw this artist named Kishibashi, mm-hmm. who is amazing. He's uh, he's really unknown. Um, he just has an EP out that he sells at his shows, and um, and you should you should just check him out. He he. Um, he loops his violin. He plays uh, violin, he plays the, he oh, plays really? the electric guitar. Yeah. and he loops uh, his violin. He also does his own beats with, with an SPDs. at least that was when I saw him. And I know that he was currently opening for Sandra Lerke, mm-hmm. And um, he's just amazing. He's like a, a combination between um, like Owen Pallet and Andrew Bird. Uh, but with a more like beat oriented like almost um, electronic hip hop oriented like, so like sort of like a MIA influence that, that I really 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 enjoyed in life he just blew me away.
0: Mm-hmm. Well Jimena, thanks so much for dropping by. It's been a pleasure to chat with you about some of the music you've been enjoying.
4: Thank
2: you.
0: Mm-hmm. We'll Thank do you it
4: so again.
2: Much. You and me at the, edge of the world
5: Ugh, everybody is a critic. That's whack, right, Oh
2: my gosh, you suck. This sucks. This really
1: pants. Really you know,
0: it's the music meeting. Joining me today is our uh, Saturday night host, David Campbell. How you doing, David?
5: Great, Bill. Thanks for having me.
0: He's our radio free current and local show host, and our afternoon host, Mary Lucia, here as well. Welcome to the show, Mary. Thank you, Deville. Following a fight between the Gallaghers and a backstage area, which reportedly resulted in Liam breaking Noel's guitar and then storming off, Oasis broke up in August of 2009. The band's manager canceled some tour dates and made the announcement that Oasis does not exist anymore. So, Noel Gallagher hasn't spoken with Liam since the breakup. Instead, he went and formed Noel Gallagher's High Flying Birds, who just released their self-titled debut. The result is an ambitious album from the Oasis mastermind. The album is far more than the Poppy's known for. And you weren't likely to hear a steel guitar or a New Orleans-styled horn section or a vocal choir and a symphony in a Oasis song. You hear all that and more on the new one. Here's a track from Noel Gallagher's High Flying Birds album. It's called The Death of You and Me, here on Music (laughs) talking about Noel Gallagher's new album Noel Gallagher's High Flying Birds. Mary, is the album working
6: for you? It is. And that's not a huge surprise because I am a huge Oasis fan. However, when Oasis split and Liam went off and did BDI, I think that that is more of a at least a musical continuation of what Oasis sounded like and what direction they were moving in. With Noel's record, I I didn't know what to expect mm-hmm. and I can remember reading before I actually heard the record I heard him describing the record as being well, it's got, you know, strings and choirs and it's kind of vaudevillian. And it's like, I remember just laughing and thinking he was joking with yeah. whoever, and, and then listening to the record, it's like, no, he wasn't kidding at all. There's all that and more.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of different sounds. And I think they, I was really excited when, uh, after hearing the first single, The Death of You and Me, mm-hmm. there's so much going on. I mean, there's even like a New Orleans horns breakdown. In exactly. It. I love yeah. It
6: sounds like a New Orleans funeral mm-hmm. procession or something. Yeah, he definitely utilizes a lot of, of different instruments there's lap steel on one track mm-hmm. strings choirs and then the sort of signature big guitars as well
5: i'd like to see a uh, michael jackson paul mccartney style say 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 style video mm-hmm. with them in like the spats kind of traveling <laughs> snake oil salesman <laughs> with no, I, I mean i don't know it seems like it would be appropriate for this record you think maybe i mean it, it, it definitely on the sort of vaudevillian vibe
6: i catch that mm-hmm. i do I think also, too, that people, you know, maybe thought, again, that you never know when a band breaks up to like it's it's almost like the Wilco and Sunvolt. It's like people sort of go in one camp or the other, either you're a Liam fan or you're a Noel fan. And I definitely like this record is working for me because, again, he's got figure this 20 years of rock stardom under his belt. And yet, frankly, I, I think he knows exactly what to do with it. It's like he's still got the same kind of swagger and I wouldn't expect anything less.
0: Yeah, and it's it, I like that he's kinda of branched out and done something a little bit different here, which I think is really great too. And so did you have anything any tracks that caught your ear right out of the gate?
6: Yeah, I think let's uh aka Broken Arrow is a great tune. Well let's give that a listen here on
0: Music Cats. floor is yours is the album working for you? Liam, who? <laughs> let's just start
5: let's start right there. Uh-huh. Um, I know I, I think your, your, your thoughts about the, the, um, the Uncle Tupelo breakup is a really great example. But you like, know what
0: though the world was a better place kind of when Uncle Tupelo broke up because you got twice as much music. You, did, and you got you two did. pretty good bands out
5: of the deal too that are both kind of still out there doing mm-hmm. their
6: thing.
0: You yeah.
5: did, but as a fan, you're sitting there wondering like who's going to get the TV? And who's going to get the pool? Exactly. And where do the kids go? Exactly, it's a divorce. You know, and I think that was the kind of the question when when I heard that this was that this was happening and that they were both going to, you know, they both had new bands or whatever. Who you know, who does what? It was really kind of. Um, distills Oasis down you can see what contributions are made by Mm -hmm. which member and clearly Noel is the is the songwriter
0: he's the songwriter
5: yeah and uh, I think we've I mean that hasn't been a secret it's been you know Liam fronts the band and Mm -hmm. Noel writes all the songs and it's been that way since the beginning so
0: Oasis was a failure until he was brought into the band
5: I had, I had I'd read that they they, they kind of kicked rem- around and not mm-hmm. much
0: was going on until until yeah Noel got uh, involved.
5: He's like let me let me show you how this is done, little brother. <laughs> um, so it was it was really cool to uh, to see. You know I wasn't super into the BDI project, so for for this to come out and I was I was really excited immediately when I heard those singles. And uh, the record stands. I mean, the first four, maybe five, are so strong. And I really actually, in some ways, prefer Noel's voice to Liam's. I mean, Liam's got a great rock and roll mm-hmm. voice. Don't you don't don't even don't get me wrong there. But Noel's got a real smoothness and sensitivity that I don't know that Liam is able to pull off. It could and be
0: argued he has more soul in his voice.
5: He it, it is soulful mm-hmm. and, and it's it's um sort of a broader Palette to paint with, I think. Um, some of that doesn't work exactly because you, after all these years of hearing the Gallagher brothers um, mouth off and say really some really obnoxious, hilarious stuff, it's hard to imagine sort of the sensitive Noel. The song, I Want to Live in a Dream in My Record Machine, is like the kind of a boyish, sensitive Noel. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, where's the guy? Who's flipping the bird to everyone twenty four seven? You right. know where's that guy? So it's some of that stuff is sort of a hard sell, but if you can if you can surrender to it, I mean, there's some really beautiful moments on here, and uh, I thought the orchestral thing was really cool. He's always been interested in that. I mean, he's a huge Beatles fan, and he's always been trying to, uh, you know, kind of rewrite a Day in the Life or whatever. And uh, but it's it's in check. It's not over the top like on some of the Oasis records. It's just been overwhelming. Where here, it's really appropriately used. The grooves are great. The instrumentation is is interesting and different on each track and there's a lot of different options i wasn't so sure on the dance track aka what a life yeah what's your take on that one well
6: that's the thing i think he works better when there's a little bit of introspection and uh that's the track that sort of seems to be lacking the uk
5: uk dance hit here we come i mean not (laughs) not of course in the clubs but he definitely was but you got to applaud him for the experimentation and not trying to do the same thing over and over again that said this is as strong as any of the stuff that I feel like he wrote in the Oasis period, especially the first half of this record. I especially enjoyed the song Dream On. Um, this was as good as as anything, in my opinion, that Oasis ever did.
2: Only, oh my, I'm running out of that.
0: Guys have not spoken since the infamous meltdown in August of 2009.
6: I can only imagine Thanksgiving dinner at the Gallagher House. Pass me the cranberries.
5: <laughs> Fistfight erupts. <laughs>
6: <laughs> but uh,
0: you know, I, I I was pleasantly surprised by this album, but I wasn't blown away by it. I mean, I it, there's there's still enough Oasis. There's still a little bit of a Brit pop mm-hmm. sound. By the sound of the of that uh, first single, "The Death of You and Me," I was a little bit surprised the album wasn't more. Singer songwriter oriented. There's still an. I mean, it still kind of has that classic uh, Brit pop kind of sound. Oh yeah.
5: I mean, if you're a fan, if you're a fan of Oasis and you're sitting at home wondering, Mm -hmm. is this something I investigate? You will. You're not going to listen to this and be like, Noel has totally gone off the rails. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Jumped off the uh, the in you know in the deep end. This is this sounds like you would expect it to sound. And if you're a fan of that sound, you're going to like what he's doing here. You're right. It's not. It's not life changing, but it's solid and oh, it's encouraging Rochelle, no that doubt, there's going yeah. to be there's going to be more from this guy in the future. Maybe this is a lesson to both of them that, um, you know, the same way that um, Harrison, McCar- even Ringo, you know, the the four of them were great because each of them sort of had their own little bit of real estate on the record. I mean, less so Ringo and George. But I mean, people argue to this day that George was the was the Beatle that didn't get the the attention that he should have. I think that these guys need to share a little bit more time on the Oasis records. Like, Noel's voice is a voice that I want to hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, and he ha- he can do things that Liam can't. And also, Liam can do things that, no- you know, Liam can can rock a song like Noel will never be able to. So maybe if they ever do, you know... If they're ever able to enjoy a Thanksgiving dinner together again, mm-hmm. and they and they pull the band back together. Well, they
0: don't have Thanksgiving in the UK, so I think they're no, safe. No, they don't. Yeah. That's right. We have <laughs> a really true. good
5: point. True. They're not celebrating that holiday. <laughs> um, but if they're ever able to get back together again, I hope they can share time a little bit more, because they both have some interesting things to say, and they both have a, a certain skill set that is is interesting to the listener.
0: Mary, Dave, thanks for dropping by for Music Heads. Thanks, Bill. Mm-hmm. We've been chatting about Noel Gallagher's High Flying Bird Zone. If I- she sure. Time now for The Essentials, and joining me today is The Current's Marketing Specialist. It's Matt Perkins. Hi,
7: Matt. Hi, Bill. How are you? Very good. Thanks for having me.
0: Mm-hmm. What did you bring in for us to, to talk about today?
7: Today we're going to chat about Dave Brubeck's quartet, Time Out.
0: It's a very legendary album.
7: Indeed it is. Mm-hmm. It, so uh, why is this essential, Matt? Uh, there's tons of reasons why this record is essential. Yeah. Um. Given the time that it was released, which was in 1959 back on uh, Columbia Records, uh, it definitely broke the mold for how jazz sounded at the time. Um, All the players um, were used to the 4-4 time signature, the bebop, the the waltzes, the the swing. And um, Dave Brubeck and his quartet really kind of uh, decided to throw all that out the window. Yeah, mathematically, um, this isn't supposed to work, is it? No, it's not. (laughs) Uh, They... On this record, you have key signatures from 9-8 to 5-4 to, you know, 6-4 just uh, tripping people up, you know. 4-4 is supposed to be the kind of straight ahead uh, time signature that you dance to, that you walk to, and you add an extra beat in there and it trips people up.
0: Yeah, yeah, lots of dance floors were kind of, you know, saw a lot of people on the the ground. Right, right. They tripped.
7: (laughs) 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 Yeah, so it it all kind of came about. Um, They uh, took a tour over, uh, actually a U.S. uh, Department-led tour a year before with Mm -hmm. uh, the kind of newly formed group um, adding Joe Morello on the drums and Eugene Wright on the bass, and um, they were touring Europe and parts of Asia, and came back, and after hearing all those different rhythms and melodies and beats, um, decided to really kind of put something together based off those influences that they heard a year before, Mm -hmm. and came up with Time Out.
0: yeah it's a it's a brilliant album and it's loaded with well blue rondo a la turk that's the first track from the album and uh that's a timeless that thing just Mm -hmm.
7: comes ripping right open that record you know Mm -hmm. coming in with a 9-8 time signature um you know but it it uh Uh, mixes it up with, um, you know, once they break into the solos with Paul Desmond on sax and Dave on the keys, uh, going back into a 4-4 time, you know, in the middle of the whole thing, just kind of throwing everyone for a loop, Mm -hmm. which uh, is impressive, um, not only on that front uh, to listen to, but also um, just imagining... The rhythm section with the drums and bass player trying to keep up and and really trying to have a a solid foundation was very imperative to uh, holding that that, uh, quartet together.
0: Are you a musician of sorts, Matt, or no?
7: Uh, yes, I actually grew up playing saxophone, and I have to say that Paul Desmond was one of uh, uh, a big influence on on my uh, playing. I, I loved playing jazz, and um, you know, listening to this record when I was young um, was was definitely uh, leaving a lasting impression. What's cool about it too is, you know, you think about uh, jazz records and you think about um, you know kind of what they're supposed to sound like. This yeah. is definitely. Uh, A record that has a lot of classical influence as well. Um, Dave Brubeck grew up classically trained pianist and you know loved jazz just as much and it definitely um, shines right through you know especially taking um, a song like Strange Meadow Lark Um, you know it opens up with a piano solo that's uh, that's just you know stretches the the spread of the keyboard and it's uh, just amazing to listen to how that that transformed into a a really interesting jazz piece.
2: (laughs) you <laughs>
0: Thing about this album is here it is you know it's 60 over 60 years old yeah and it's it's really timeless it is it, it still sounds pretty awesome today it does not sound dated and uh, it, it still works as good today as it you know as it did back in 1959 when it was you know like a hugely popular album so
7: yeah i mean you hear it uh you know in coffee shops all over and you hear you know i think starbucks is you know yeah <laughs> you know definitely picked up on on that uh, kind of classic sound but you know given you know, it's mainstream popularity and and all of that, it still holds its own as as something that definitely broke the mold and definitely paved the way for and influenced people, you know, from the 60s on. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, Matt, it's been a pleasure to talk with you about about, Time Out, the 1959 classic from the Dave Brubeck Quartet. Do you have one final recommendation about what we we might want to listen to to wrap things up here? I
7: don't think we can leave this conversation without talking about Take 5, which is uh, track 3. The hit, yeah. 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 Uh, Paul's Paul Desmond, the saxophone, arranged this piece and he actually mentioned that uh, it was supposed to be a, a drum solo feature for Joe Morello, mm-hmm. but it turned out, you know, you can't get away from Paul's uh, very lyrical, very uh, thoughtful um, melody and uh, solo on this either, but uh, Take 5 is definitely the one to uh, to start off on if you've never listened to Time Out before.
0: Alright, and here it is on Music Heads. Thanks again, Matt. <laughs> we Musicheads Music Heads from 89.3 The Current and Minnesota Public Radio. I'm Bill DeVille. I want to thank my colleagues for contributing to the show, including Matt Perkins, Mary Lucia, and David Campbell. Big props to Jimena Saranyana for taking time to tell us what she's been grooving on. As always, special thanks to Derek Stevens and to our intern Alex Wright. Thanks to members of Minnesota Public Radio and The Current for making shows like this one possible. And thanks to you for listening. Find us at thecurrent.org musicheads I want to take a moment to send a fond farewell to Melanie Walker our Music Heads executive producer and host of the Next Big Thing feature. She's leaving the show and the current moving to California. Best to you, Melanie. Music Heads will be going on hiatus until we figure out what's next. If you have comments, you can email me at bdeville at npr.org and I hope you've enjoyed the show. We'll wrap up this week's show with a sneak peek of a track from Guided by Voices. Bob Pollard and the gang from Dayton, Ohio, are back with their first new album since 2004. It's called Let's Go Eat the Factory. It'll be out next year. Here's the track that's a tribute to the New Orleans legend. It's the unsinkable Fats Domino. And thanks again for listening to Music Heads.
2: How's your life a your next rival a 59- Thousand-five five survival, then this got unthinkable And he liked me, unthinkable. That's coming now And tell it all around then About the love that found him It's up to the